The Kansas City Chiefs dynasty is really real. What lessons can the Buffalo Bills learn from it? Well, we're going to explore that today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I am your host of Locked On Bills. want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome and shout-out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate y'all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Well, folks, welcome. I'm glad you're here, and I'm excited for today's conversation. And what I want to do today is look at this Kansas City Chiefs dynasty and how they manage their roster and talk about lessons that the Buffalo Bills can learn from the Chiefs. And, folks, we just have to be honest about it. The Kansas City Chiefs are the gold standard of not just the AFC, but the NFL. In the six seasons since Patrick Mahomes has become the Chiefs' starting quarterback, they've been to six AFC championship games. They've won four of those, so they've been to the Super Bowl four times, including Sunday. And they already have two Super Bowl wins with a potential third coming on Sunday against the San Francisco 49ers. And the reality is that the Buffalo Bills are a team that is very much in contention with Kansas City, but they haven't been able to get over that hump in the playoffs. And so you're mindful of there being a gap between where the Bills are and where the Chiefs are because the Bills haven't had the type of success that the Chiefs have had. They want it, but they haven't gotten there yet. What's encouraging is that, well, the Bills have beaten the Chiefs each of the last three years in the regular season, and all three of those games being on the road in Arrowhead. That's great. You love that. The problem is that two of the last three seasons, Kansas City ended your season in the playoffs. And, folks, those games were close. 13 seconds was an overtime loss. And then, of course, this past year, the Bills lost by three and had every opportunity to win the game. And so the Bills want what the Chiefs have, but the Bills are also pretty close. It's not like they're not playing competitive games against Kansas City. It's close, but you need to get over that hump. You need to stop getting bounced by the Chiefs, and you need to stop letting them off the hook. So let's explore how this Chiefs team is constructed and some of the very practical lessons that the Bills could apply right now, right now in terms of how they navigate this 2024 offseason. They're going to have a great opportunity to apply so much of what Kansas City has done that's allowed them to have sustained success. So let's dive into it. The Chiefs and 49ers played in the Super Bowl four years ago. They're going to play again on Sunday. Let me ask you a question. 
How many starters from that game in 2019, the 2019 season, 2020 Super Bowl, how many starters from that Chiefs team are still starting on that team four years later? How many do you think? A Super Bowl winning team four years ago. How many starters from that game are still starters for the Kansas City Chiefs? How many? How many do you think? You got your answer? The answer's three. Three. Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey on offense. Chris Jones on defense. End of list. That's it. A Super Bowl winning team four years ago has three starters still on it. And in the span of Super Bowls, it's not like the Chiefs had regression. They're in the AFC Championship game every single year. They've won another Super Bowl already, potentially another one on Sunday. So while they've reset their roster literally, entirely, they're still winning. Three starters remain, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Chris Jones. So lesson number one as we explore this from a roster management perspective in the next segment, we'll talk about the draft. You cannot be afraid to reset position groups on your football team and get younger and get cheaper. The Kansas City Chiefs understand the core of who they are. It's Patrick Mahomes, it's Travis Kelsey, and it's Chris Jones, and they don't panic about anything else. And a big reason that they're able to do this is because they know when to let guys go. They know when to say no to bringing players back. And whether it makes sense for them based on where the player is at in their career and expecting a decline in production moving forward, so they say no, or they let a good player go that goes and helps another team, but they realize it wasn't the smartest thing for them to pay that player. Let's look in, look into some of these ex- specific examples. So coming out of that 2019 Super Bowl win into the 2022 season, or excuse me, coming out of the 2019 Super Bowl win into the 2020 season, they traded away D Ford for a second round pick. It's a good pass rusher for them. Didn't want to pay him. Got a draft pick in exchange. They let Kendall Fuller walk in free agency. A good starting corner has been a good starting corner for the Washington Commanders. They didn't panic. They let him walk. Emmanuel Ogba, they let him walk and go sign for big money elsewhere. They also released Justin Houston. They knew when to get out of that deal. Saved a bunch of money. Weren't afraid to do it coming out of a Super Bowl win. From 2020 going into 2021, they released Eric Fisher, their starting left tackle. Jaron Reed said, goodbye, go ahead, walk in free agency. Sammy Watkins, let him walk. 2021 going into 2022, they traded away Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. Got a first-round pick, second-round pick, two fours and a six from Miami in exchange for Tyreek Hill. So not only did they get a bunch of draft capital that enabled them to reset positions on their roster, but the other benefit of trading away Tyreek Hill is that they didn't have to commit $30 million a year to him. And that's a tough one, right? Because Tyreek Hill's awesome. 
And surely the Chiefs would be a better team if they had him. But has it stopped them from winning? Has it stopped them to getting back to two Super Bowls since trading him away and potentially winning a second one? No, because they're not afraid of it. They let Chevarius Ward walk in free agency, who's a good starter for the 49ers, but they didn't panic. Tyron Matthew certainly was a nice impact player for Kansas City, but an aging veteran safety. They said, go ahead, go to the go to the Saints. Still a good player for the Saints, but they didn't panic. Byron Pringle, Melvin Ingram, let him walk in free agency. 2022 going into 2023, they let Orlando Brown, their starting left tackle, walk, signed for big money with the Bengals. Juju Smith-Schuster, an important part of that team that won the Super Bowl last year, said, go ahead, go sign with the Patriots. They're starting right tackle, Andrew Wiley. Go right ahead. You can go to Washington and sign. We'll, we'll reset there. Juan Thornhill, a good starting safety for them. Go ahead. Go to Cleveland. It's all right. Colin Saunders, good defensive lineman for them. Signed for decent money with the Saints. They released Frank Clark. So, of course, when we're having, like, the core of what I'm saying right now is a Super Bowl team in 2019 has three returning starters in a Super Bowl team in 2023. And of course, all of this attrition and saying goodbye didn't happen at once, but it did happen, you know, staggered throughout the years. And the bottom line is they knew when to reset players and position groups, and they weren't afraid of it. And that's allowed them to stay competitive. That's allowed them to stare at this coming offseason with over $70 million in available cap space. The bills are negative 50. The Chiefs are 70-something to the good. It's like a $120 million difference in cap dollars. Why? Because Kansas City knows when to reset, and they're not afraid of it. They know who they are. They're Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Chris Jones. And everything else is important, but you don't panic about it. And I think that's the biggest lesson right now. And we'll talk about how the Bills can apply that in 2024 here in just a little bit. But you have to be willing to reset. You have to be willing to get younger and cheaper, and you have to know who you are. And the Kansas City Chiefs have done a great job of that in their incredible dynasty that doesn't appear to be going away anytime soon. All right, so that's the roster management piece of this conversation. I want to get into the draft piece of this conversation here in just a second, so be sure to stick with me. Did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you can still have an IRA? Robinhood has the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But get this, now through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar you transfer in from other retirement accounts with a 3% match. That's right, no cap on the 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you the most for your retirement thanks to their IRA with a 3% match. This offer is good through April 30th, so get started at Robinhood.com boost. Subscription fees apply. And now for some legal info. Claim as of Q1 2024 validated by Radius Global Market Research. Investing involves risk, including loss. Limitations apply to IRAs and 401ks. 3% match requires Robinhood Gold for one year from the date of the first 3% match. Must keep Robinhood IRA for five years. The 3% matching on transfers is subject to specific terms and conditions. Robinhood IRA available to U.S. customers in good standing. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC is a registered broker dealer. All right, folks, let's talk a little bit about this draft piece of the Kansas City Chiefs and things that the Buffalo Bills can learn from them. And let me say this, that 
This episode and this entire conversation was actually inspired by a text message exchange that I had with a member of the Lockdown Bills subtext community, something really cool uh, that we've been doing for almost a year now, where um, it's literally just one-on-one text messaging with me. So you could text me at any time. We could talk Bills. But also, I, I try to provide a lot of value through that. I send out text message to text messages to everyone, providing my first reaction to all major Bills news. So as all these coaching staff changes have been happening throughout the last few weeks, the subtext community has gotten my first reaction to that. I send out texts with regular thoughts on the Bills. Uh, of course, one-on-one text. Uh, you get priority when it comes to herd mentality. You also get as- access to our Discord channel, which is a community component of the subtext community where we've got over 500 Bills fans in there talking Bills, Sabres, life, all kinds of different things. I share film clips uh, in there as well for the All-22 reviews. And as I study some of the draft prospects, I've started to uh, share some clips of them in there as well. So if you'd like to be part of the Lockdown Bills subtext community, we'd love to have you. There's a link in today's show notes to join. So if you're on YouTube or wherever you're consuming this podcast, click on the show notes. You'll see a link to join the Lockdown Bills subtext community, and you can see what it's all about. It's a great way to support the show, and I really, really appreciate it. All right, so let's talk about the draft piece of this conversation. What can the Bills learn from the Kansas City Chiefs as it relates to draft pick investments? Well, I I can't help but notice a very clear trend with Kansas City and how they've attacked the draft. And I'm not saying that this is exactly what the Buffalo Bills should do, but it does put to bed a major, major, terrible, just uh, not a a well-thought-out narrative that I see out there. The early draft picks since the Chiefs have drafted Patrick Mahomes back in 2018 have skewed heavily when it comes to investing early round draft picks on defensive players. Big time. Excuse big time. Since 2018, the Kansas City Chiefs Chiefs have had 24 picks in the first four rounds of the draft. 24 picks since 2018 in the first four rounds of the draft. 17 of those picks have been on defensive players. 17 of 24 first four round picks since drafting Patrick Mahomes have been used on defensive players. 71%. It's a pretty big trend. It's a pretty big discrepancy. That that skews heavily towards defensive players early in the draft. And again, I don't think it's a one-for-one. One. I don't think the Bills should pick 71% of their first four-round picks on defensive players. But it's something that they've done, and it's allowed them to be young and cheap on defense. And And what's funny about this entire thing is when you look at the seven players that they did pick on offense, it, there's nothing good there. I mean, Miko Hardman, been a a failure for them as a second-round pick. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, a total bust as a first-round running back in the same draft that had Jonathan Taylor, who got picked after. Lucas Nang, they drafted to be a, an offensive tackle. They've That's not that's not happened. He's a, he's a reserve player that's been hurt a ton. This is a good one. Creed Humphrey, there you go. That's great. Not sure why he was available at the end of the second round, but here we are. That's a great pick for them. Sky Moore, that hasn't really worked out. And they have two rookies this past year, Rasheed Rice. That's looking pretty good. And Wanye Morris, uh, a tackle. We'll see if he can be their answer. But for the, the seven players that they picked in the in the first four rounds on offense, what do you I mean, you have Creed Humphrey and maybe Rasheed Rice to show for it. Meanwhile, you pick 17 players on the defensive side of the football. Point being, 
that they've been willing to go young and cheap on defense. Not really sure the Bills have been as willing to do that. Also, since getting Mahomes, the drafting hasn't been perfect because it never is, right? It's it's the NFL draft. It's the biggest crapshoot there is. Go back and study past drafts, and you'll you'll see just how vulnerable or, or high variance draft picks can be. But it's full of some really big hits. So as I said, everything hasn't been perfect, especially if you go to 2018 and 2019. In fact, there's only three players from the 2018 and 2019 drafts for the Kansas City Chiefs that are still on the team. Derek Nottie, a nose tackle, and then uh, Nick Algaretti, who's uh, like a, a reserve interior offensive lineman, and Miko Hardman, who they've actually already let walk and then just brought back through a trade like in the middle of this season. So that's it. That's all they have from those two drafts. But since then, 2021, or excuse me, 2020, 21, 22, 23, I mean, you are talking about just massive hits, massive hits in the draft. In 2020, second-round pick Willie Gay, starting linebacker. Fourth-round pick Legereus Sneed, one of the best corners in the NFL, got him in the fourth round. Mike Dana, outstanding starting defensive end for them. That was a fifth-round pick. In 2021, second-round pick Nick Bolton, defensive captain for them, linebacker, middle linebacker. Second-round pick Creed Humphrey, one of the best centers in the league. Fifth-round pick Noah Gray, an important part of their 12 personnel packages. Sixth-round pick Trey Smith, developing into one of the best guards in the NFL. 2022, this, is, this was a foundational draft class for them. Just unbelievable job in 2022. They had two first-round picks. This was... This was the draft where they got a bunch of picks for Tyreek Hill. Their two first-round picks, Trent McDuffie, absolute stud in the slot. George Karloftis, absolute stud on the edge. Second season in the league this year, he got 10 and a half sacks. Big part of how they like to play defense on the edge. They got By- uh, Brian Cook, outstanding starter in the third round at safety. Leo Chanel in the third round. Uh, they, they like to play four different linebackers. He's part of that mix. He allows them to be very multiple on defense. and creative with their with their pressure schemes. Fourth round pick Josh Williams, starter, corner. Seventh round pick Jalen Watson, who's a, a rotational part of their secondary at corner. Seventh round pick Isaiah Pacheco, stud running back. I mean, that's huge. That, that's Is that six massive contributors to them? One, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, that's just a crazy good draft. And then in 2023, it's early. These are still rookies, but Rasheed Rice is looking like an answer for them at receiver. In the second round, Tremari Connor, fourth-round pick, has turned into a valuable uh, rotational player for them at safety and has had to start as they've had some injuries at that position. And they still have Felix Uzoma, their first-round pick on the edge. We'll see how he comes together. And third-round pick, Wanye Morris, might be their starting left tackle of the future. They've had so many good picks throughout the draft that wind up being hits. And I'm not saying, saying the Bills haven't done this, but this is like a, a four-year stretch of just massive hits, guys that become big-time contributors on the football team, and you have big-time contributors on rookie deals. That's how you do it, right? You need those inexpensive picks relative to the NFL, inexpensive salaries relative to the NFL to have key roles for you, especially when you're paying all the money to Mahomes and you have expensive tight end in Kelsey, and Chris Jones is expensive, and they got expensive left guard in Joe Tooney, and their right tackle, Juwan Taylor, is $20 million a year. You know, they've got some players that they're paying 
but they're offsetting that with very meaningful contributors on rookie contracts. And so their ability to replenish through the draft at a high level and get early returns on these picks has been phenomenal, a big part of of their success. Now, everything hasn't been perfect for the Chiefs. It never is in roster construction in the NFL. We already talked about the 2018 and 2019 drafts. Don't have a lot to show for it. They have a a total flop of a first-round pick at at, at running back in Clyde Edwards-Solaire in 2020. The Kadarius-Tony trade does not look good. The Marquez Valdez-Scantling contract does not look good. Three years, $30 million for him. He's been very inconsistent. And you look at their wide receiver core, and it's it's lacking right now, right? It's not where they want it to be. And they're, they're two most meaningful, or some of their most meaningful investments, whether it's Kadarius-Tony trade. We talked about the MVS contract drafting uh, Sky Moore. This stuff hasn't really worked out. But they've been able to keep it going because eventually they got a Rasheed Rice, right, this past year. Juwan Taylor, four years, $80 million at right tackle, not looking good, right? So it's not perfect. But their ability to be right on saying no to players and replenish through the draft at a high level and get early returns on players on rookie deals is a big part of why the Kansas City Chiefs are in the Super Bowl once again. All right, in just a moment here, I'm going to get very practical. I'm going to apply the stuff we just talked about to how the Buffalo Bills should navigate their 2024 off-season decision, so be sure to stick with me. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? Ever wonder what adventure could be around the next corner? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. The 2024 Nissan Rogue is perfect for city drives and great escapes. Class-exclusive Google built-in is your always updating assistant to call on for just about anything. Gone are the days of connecting your phone. Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system. The 2024 Rogue is the perfect midsize crossover for your next big adventure. Try the 2024 Nissan Armada. That will change what you expect from a full-size SUV. Picture a rugged 4x4 that can seat up to 8 in first-class luxury and style. Tow bigger and explore further in the 2024 Armada. Take the Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. The big game is right around the corner. Prize Picks is the easiest and most exciting way to turn every game-changing moment into 100 times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Prize Picks even offers injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, If you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player projection won't count against you and the rest of your entry stays live. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. PrizePix is really simple to play. I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than a minute. And when you win, the withdrawals are super, super quick and easy. So go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, folks, let's get real practical here. How does this apply to the 2024 Buffalo Bills? And again, all of this conversation is roster construction. I'm not talking about how the teams play, scheme, at, scheme schematic stuff, nothing like that. This is roster construction, which is huge. Team building, big part of the part of the equation here. But I've got four things down 
that are very practical for the Buffalo Bills and Brandon Bean to embrace this offseason. Number one, don't panic with contract with contracts that are expiring. Don't panic with expiring contracts. Know when to move on. The Bills have a daunting list of expiring contracts. A lot of players that are contributors to this football team. But if you pay guys, the return has to be there. Assets have to perform. As Bruce Nolan puts it so well on the Bruce Exclusive Podcast, part of Buffalo Rumblings, he always likes to say that the NFL is a limited resource environment. If you had endless resources, it wouldn't matter who you paid and how much you paid them. But that's not the NFL. And so when you pay somebody, the return has to be there. And a a big-time reality of the 2023 Bills and them falling short was underperforming contracts. Call it like it is. Underperforming contracts. Dawson Knox, Von Miller, Trey White, Matt Milano, Daquan Jones. And I understand that some of that is injury-related. But those are five of your 11 biggest cap hits in 2023, and you didn't come close to the expected impact from those players. Again, a lot of that's injury-related. It's unfortunate, but when you pay a player, the impact has to be there. And the Bills had five massive underperforming contracts in 2023. That doesn't even mention Stefan Diggs and the fading production down the stretch. So that brings up big questions about probably the most intriguing Bills expiring contracts in terms of young players that have some production that that's at least meaningful in Gabe Davis and A.J. Epinesa. If you pay those players, and I don't know if the Bills will pay either one of them, you better get the expected impact. I'd probably let Gabe Davis go play for some other team. A.J. Epinesa, if somebody's going to pay him starter money, if there's a three-year, $30 million contract out there for A.J. Epinesa, enjoy. Go get it. But if you pay those players, you better get big-time returns out of them, or at least the expected return that matches the contract that you give them. And listen, the Bills have a lot of expiring contracts that are aging players. Guys that are going to be that are either are 30 or will be 30 this coming season and older. Linval Joseph, Latavius Murray, Micah Hyde, Daquan Jones, Leonard Floyd, Jordan Phillips, Tyler Medikavich, Shaq Lawson. I am just not panicking about any of those players. I know Leonard Floyd was good. Daquan Jones, love him. I just, Micah Hyde, I just can't put myself in a position where I'm overly concerned about these players. I appreciate them. I think they're good football players. But you have to know when to say no and reset. And the Bills have a huge opportunity to do that along their defensive line and at their safety position. And even in some depth roles. Don't panic about paying these players. In fact, you have a great opportunity to let a lot of these guys walk and maybe be on the good side of the compensatory pick equation and get some extra picks in 2025. But there's nothing to panic about here. So number one is don't panic with expiring contracts. Know when to move on. You got an opportunity to do that with your crop of expiring contracts this offseason. Number two, Brandon Bean, use your draft picks, bud. Use them. He has 10 draft picks right now. 10. Use them. 
We talked about this. A big part of this equation for the Kansas City Chiefs has been being, you know, having some hits throughout the draft, empowering those players, and getting returns on inexpensive players relative to the NFL. Brandon Bean's just going to always trade up. You're going to miss opportunities to add young talent to your football team. And I know that there's been a challenge with roster ability with some of the later picks. I fully understand that. But try to use as many of these as possible to give yourself as many chances as possible to get meaningful young contributors as you try to replenish and reset certain components of your roster. This might not be the year to trade up. Might be the year to trade back. Trade back and then trade up, right? You got a bunch of picks in like the sixth, fifth, sixth, seventh round. Maybe you trade back from 28, get a you know a couple of other picks that might be in the in the middle rounds, and then be selective and, and maybe use some of your later draft capital to move up in the third round, to move up in the fourth round. But try to come away with some some guys that have a real path to the roster and a real path to contributing and, and trust them to do it. Trust them to do it. The Chiefs, I think, have the youngest defense in the NFL. Don't be afraid of that. Especially because so many of these names are older players on defense. Micah Hyde, Daquan Jones, Leonard Floyd, Jordan Phillips, Tyler Medikavich, Shaq Lawson. What are you worried about? You got to get younger and cheaper. Don't get older and more expensive. That's just not going to work. You're $50 million over the cap. Number three is don't be afraid to empower your younger players. And I'm encouraged with where this has gone for the Buffalo Bills. I mean, obviously, you look at this this past draft class and Dalton Kincaid and Osiris Torrance as big-time rookie contributors. Think about that 2022 draft class. James Cook, Terrell Bernard, Khalil Shakir, Christian Benford. You're getting a lot of contributions there. Kyrie Elam's still part of that class. You know Kyrie Elam's still the youngest defensive player on the team right now? Is that about to enter his third season? Right now, he's the youngest defensive player on the team. Don't be afraid to... Put these guys in there and let them fail forward. You got to get them time on task. You got to get them reps. You need to be able to rely on them. The Chiefs do. You should too. And the last thing that I have written down is know who you have. You have Josh Allen. The Chiefs are keenly aware that they have Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Chris Jones. Now, I don't know that the Bills have, I mean, what is it? It's Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and... Who would be your your defensive player like that? I don't, Matt Milano, potentially something like that. But like, know who you have. And like, if Josh Allen's your quarterback, not 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 to say that you put more on his plate, right? I'm not saying that you put more on his plate, but because you have Josh Allen, like we always say it, the Bills Super Bowl window is always going to be open as long as they have Josh Allen. I think there's probably some other teams that feel that way about their quarterback. But when that guy's your quarterback. You want to have as good of a team as you possibly can around him. But also, don't panic. Don't panic when it comes to, oh, man, we got to get as many of our players back as possible. We just went through this. The Kansas City Chiefs played the San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl four years ago. Four years ago. Three starters remain. Don't be afraid to reset and empower young players. And at the end of the day, it's because of who you have in Josh Allen. Use your assets to build around him. But don't be afraid for those assets to be younger and cheaper players. No one to move on. I think the Kansas City Chiefs have done a really good job of that, and that's why they're here. Now, obviously, a big reason why they're here is because Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the NFL. 
right? That's like we let's not let's not get this twisted. They have Patrick Mahomes. He's awesome. They have Andy Reid, Hall of Fame coach, potentially like one of the best three or four coaches in the history of the game. That stuff matters a ton too. But at the end of the day, how they've operated around Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes is a big piece of this pie for them. And I think there's a lot that the Buffalo Bills can learn from this Chiefs blueprint because you know who's the next best quarterback in the NFL? It's Josh Allen. It's Josh Allen. You can do a lot of the same stuff. So there you have it. It's going to be an annoying Super Bowl to watch on Sunday because either the Chiefs win another one or the 49ers win another one, right? <laughs> I know relative to their history, they haven't won one recently, but I don't know. The 49ers are such a, a different team in terms of how they're constructed. Um, but someone's got to win it, and we'll see what happens on Sunday. I think the Chiefs are going to win, um, but I think the important thing here is we've this is a Bills podcast. What can you learn from the Chiefs? And I think there's a lot, and hopefully this podcast was enlightening for you. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. Really appreciate you being here. Uh, we're probably going to next get into some of our defensive performance review. I want to get through that side of the football. That way we can start really talking free agency, getting into the draft stuff. I know everyone's excited to do that. So we'll get there uh, pretty quickly here. So make sure you don't miss anything. Make sure that you're subscribed. We'd love it. If you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast, have a great rest of your day. Go Bills, and I look forward to catching up with you again real soon.